Yeah. 
Providence Church, you ready to worship with us this morning? you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you our God is greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against and if our God is for us then who could ever stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against what could stand could ever stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against and if our God is for us then who could ever stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against then what could stand against
Praise our Father. 
Father. And Lord, we ask that it's beautiful, even more beautiful than the sun is out outside. Father, we know that you are here gathered together in your name. You inhabit the praises of your people. You are here to meet with us. We are here to meet with you. We ask that your radiance and your glory would penetrate and permeate our beings this morning again, Lord Jesus. And Father, if there's any that have come in with clouds of confusion or discouragement or anything else, would you blow them away by the clarity of your presence and the light of your love and illumination of your spirit and your word in our lives this morning, Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Welcome. Good morning. You may be seated. Welcome to New Promise Church. We're so glad that you're here this morning worshiping the Lord Jesus with us. As you came in this morning, today is the first Sunday of the month, and every first Sunday of the month we celebrate communion in both services. So as you came in this morning, you should have received or had opportunity to receive a communion cup from one of the greeters. If you didn't receive one and you would like one to participate in communion with us this morning, just please raise your hand and uh, Dennis or Vanessa would love, there's one over there, would love to bring you a communion so you can participate as well along with us. Alrighty. And there's another one right there. Uh, do you see that lady? There you go. Thank you, Vanessa. That is awesome. Alrighty. We got a little bit more tech going on this morning, so AJ is chasing down if you're hearing any ringing this morning. Alrighty. Good stuff. Well, it says in Scripture that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after he got done eating, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant written in my blood. Whenever you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you do this in remembrance of me. And then Paul added in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul added, you do this in remembrance of me until the Lord comes again in glory. And then after that, it says a person should examine, examine themselves before participating in communion, that they're doing it in what scripture says is a worthy manner. Also, you could say in a mindful manner mindful of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And all the songs that we sang about this morning, they go to the cross. They're about the cross. They're about everything that Jesus did for you on the cross. Because if Jesus had not gone to the cross, there would be nothing after the cross. We would not be here this morning. We would not be enjoying the fellowship of each other and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit had Jesus not gone to the cross to die for your sins and mine on the cross. And so, Heavenly Father, this morning as we 
do this in remembrance of you as we celebrate you this morning. All of worship culminates, Father, in what you've done for us, in your death, in your resurrection on the cross, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for dying for our sin, all of our sinfulness, our faults, our failings, our shortcomings, our imperfections, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for doing for us what we could have never, ever done for ourselves. It is by your grace and your grace alone that we are saved because it is in your body and in your blood and in your cross that you have given us new life. You have atoned for our sins and you've given us new eternal life to be with you forever in heaven. For God so loved us, you would have rather had died for us once in humanity than to live forever without us in all of eternity. Father, that is just incomprehensible to us right now. And we will see the f and we will fully comprehend and fully understand all that that really means, all that that really, how it benefits us, all the, all the good, wonderful, godly stuff that we get out of that when we get to heaven, Lord Jesus, ultimately when your face replaces our faith. But right now, Father, we simply pause in our worship of you to say thank you for dying for our sins, for my sins on the cross, Lord Jesus. I celebrate your death and your resurrection and your eternal life, and I look for the day when you come back again in glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's eat and then let's drink. in worship this morning. Um, if you are visiting with us this morning, or actually if, even if you're regulars here, you'll notice on your seats this morning that we have soap, soap on your seats. Uh, it's our November soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It's just a help that we like to give to our folks here uh, to 
keep going in a monthly Bible study and give you some scriptures. If you're doing a Bible study on your own, that's fantastic. But if this can be a help to you, we're just trying to be a help to you to walk through the Bible. And then the other part of SOAP is just our monthly bulletin. Uh, we have a virtual bulletin that we send out, but we also put out a hard copy of just special events that are coming up here at New Promise Church in the next few months. Special events like the special event we just had this weekend on Friday night and all day yesterday we had an outstanding men's conference with uh, Vince Dacchioli from On Target Ministries and that's one of the pictures that's a picture of uh, yesterday afternoon or yesterday morning I think and and before I thank Vince I just want to thank the team of people that help make it work and this is in no particular order but I want to thank Scott and Connie for uh, putting uh, and their team for putting a great breakfast together I want to thank Pastor Nick for all of his help in, in putting the event together and hosting the event and stuff I want to thank the hardest working woman in office administration that is Jesse Delaney for all the work she did this week and, and, and getting all the flyers out and all the extra stuff out that, that we were adding as the week went on um, I also want to thank Bob the body man who uh, was uh, picking Vince up at the airport brought him here has been driving him around he's going to take him back to the airport uh, tomorrow that's if we want to let you go because we're really enjoying you Vince so it'd be, be nice to keep you around if we could um, we also want to thank your wife Cindy uh, later for letting us borrow you for the weekend we appreciate that as well and I also want to thank Dennis um, who uh, was helpful yesterday in getting the room reset after the conference was over so now it's all reset for her on a Monday night we also want to thank all of the men that showed up Friday night and yesterday all of the great fellowship the great conversation that was going around the Holy Spirit was truly uh, there in that place and did a great work uh, through Vince Dacchioli who talked about in the four sessions being overwhelmed by God's grace he gave us his testimony and it's a powerful testimony and then he talked about uh, the great exchange what we trade off with God uh, to be the man God intended each one of us to be and then he also talked about living a life of power in that and then finally he talked about knowing God more intimately in our lives all four components are necessary for us to be the man that God intended each one of us to be if you think about this, that transcends to you ladies as well, too. Because before any of us were born, before you were born, God had a plan. He knew you, Scripture says, before we were born, He knew us, and He had an intention for our lives. And so what we learned yesterday was how to be more sensitive and more aware, more discerning of being the man, each one of us, that God intentionally, individually intended us to be and and it was just great it was awesome Vince you did an awesome job this morning Vince is going to come he's going to be preaching a message I think I got the the uh, title right I'm, I might be getting it wrong but real Christianity in an unreal world something like that so uh, ladies and gentlemen from on target ministries in Denver Colorado would you please welcome Mr. Vince Dacchioli <laughs> all right thank you thank you thank you thank you good morning huh can, uh, you guys know I'm Italian, right? Can I greet you in my native language? I mean, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to go home. So you got to talk to me. Can I greet you in my native language? How you doing? I mean, that, that's the only Italian I know, by the way. All right, well, give me a minute to get set up here. And uh, normally, when, um, well, not normally, but oftentimes when I travel, I, uh, my wife is able uh, to come with me, stay. 
uh, and, uh, but she wasn't able to come with me this morning. However, uh, would it be okay if, um, if I asked my wife to open us in prayer? Would that be all right? Let me, let me, let me try that again. Um, my wife is not able to be with me. Would it be okay if I asked her to open us in prayer? There you go. All right, honey, are you ready? Yes. Go for it. <laughs> well, we just come before you this morning, Father, as we gather together, and we worship you, and we praise you for who you are and exalt you, Lord. And we take everything and lay it aside and just come into your presence and worship you, Lord. We thank you for this time together of fellowship. Uh, Lord, we want to learn your ways. We want to learn your ways. We want to have a heart after your own heart because that's what you say pleases you, Father. And so let us all be able to come into your presence and hear the things that you want us to hear and, and leave a different person than when we arrived. And we just thank you. Thank you for your presence, your love, your faithfulness, your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. What do you, let her know how you think about it. Thank you, sweetie. Cindy um, was my high school sweetheart. We've uh, been married 56 years uh, this year. I know, uh, we don't, I know we don't look it. Uh, we were married when we were three, actually. And, uh, but, no, we met, it, we met in high school in uh, that's a significant thing that I, uh, that I do from time to time with her because oftentimes um, when I bring the message, and uh, you can go ahead and take, the, take that off the screen because they won't pay any attention to me if that picture is up there. Uh, that, that's little Kylie, by the way, our, our, our newest little grandchild. Um, if you guys want to know anything about our ministry, by the way, we have a table out there. And when I just said grandchild, I'm reminded I've got a I've got a, a, a new video product called uh, Godly Grandfathering, and it's for grandmas too, but you're welcome to come and see some of the resources we have uh, later. But in, on uh, Super Bowl Sunday 2010, uh, Cindy was in the hospital in Denver. Uh, she had been in ICU for four months, being kept alive by machines. She had contracted H1N1, as some of you may remember that, uh, double pneumonia, which, by the way, uh, H1N1, in my view, is, uh, was worse than uh, this thing called COVID, but that's another story. Um, and uh, on Super Bowl Sunday 2010, the prognosis was no chance for survival, zero. That was uh, the lowest day of my life, obviously. Um, they sent her home to die. Six weeks later, she was 100% completely healed. Nothing, I mean, the doctors to this day have no clue why, but of course, we, we know why. Um, but this morning, I want to get right to the heart of what I want to share with you. Um, I, it, it normally would take a lot more time than I have to do this, but um, I'm deeply concerned about where we are in our culture today. Uh, the title of the message, Real Christianity in an Unreal World, is a much lengthier message. In fact, I do have... Uh, some DVDs of that lengthier message on the table as well. It takes a little different direction in terms of talking about uh, how we should be witnessing to the world around us. But real Christianity is what is called for today. And how many of you know we're living in an unreal world? 
Uh, and it's unreal, in, in fact, in two different ways. It's, un it's unreal, you know, the, 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 the kind of vernacular we use from time to time, we say things like, well, that, that's unreal. I mean, it, it certainly is unreal when you stop and think about it that way. But how many of you also know that it is not the real world? It is the world that God created. We're headed for the real world, okay? But in the meantime, God is calling us to live in this world. And so in my lifetime, I have never seen anything quite like what is happening in our culture today. Uh, there's an old philosopher, her name is Dorothy. And Dorothy said to Toto one day, uh, I don't think this is Kansas anymore. Well, I don't know how you feel, guys, but this is not America anymore. This is not the nation that I grew up in. And in many ways, this is not the Christianity I have become familiar with. I think there's a, there's a tremendous amount of confusion in the body of Christ today as a result of what is hitting us. Um, they say that trials in life don't make a person, they tend to reveal them. And in the last article I wrote, which I'm sharing with you a little bit about this morning, I touched on awareness, attitude, and actions three areas that I think as followers of Christ we need to, to get our minds and hearts around if we're going to make a difference in the world that we're living in today. Um, I, I wrote something, I said, my friends, this may be the greatest test of the church in America in our history, and the spiritual condition of our nation, and perhaps the world, is on the line. What will history record? In 1961, uh, I was uh, 16 years old. You can do the math, and you know how, how old I am. And again, I, I don't look this old because uh, I, I told the guys I was born when I was 12. So that, that's why I look so good. Anyway, uh, there, there's, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and then in the Catholic Church there's an order called the Knights of Columbus. And, my, and it was like a rites of passage kind of thing. My dad wanted me to go into this Knights of Columbus order. So he took me to a meeting where they would initiate you into the order. I'm 16 years old, and I'll never forget this. You, you may not remember what I say today, but you're going to remember this story. I went into the room, and it was a large room, probably twice as big as this platform. And there were about 30 or 40 of us. Many of us were young men, but there were some older men there as well. And the moderator of the meeting um, excused us and asked us to go into an adjacent room. Uh, there was a couple of doors like that, and we, so we to wait while they set up the room for the meeting. So we go into this room, and there's again about 30 or 40 of us. And it was a little bitty room. There were no chairs, and we were packed in like sardines. And we thought we were only going to be there a short time. Well, that short time became five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. There was no air conditioning going on. It was stuffy in the room, and many of our guys were getting kind of impatient. And they were kind of knocking on the door saying, hey, what's going on? How long is this going to take? And the guy on the other side of the door was really mean. He, he was yelling back at these guys saying, hey, cool it. It's okay. Be patient. And then, and then another uh, 15 minutes went by. Now we're in there for about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, and now our guys, especially there were like four or five of our guys, there were big guys at the door banging on the door. They're mad, okay? Open this door. This is ridiculous. This, there, there's no air circulating. This is crazy. And the guy on the other side of the door and, and, the, and our guys on the inside, all of us, myself included, I'm just a little kid, but I'm mad, man. If I could have grabbed that guy on the other side of the door, I'd have whacked him myself, okay? We're really getting riled up. And, and so the, the guy on the other side of the door starts screaming profanities back at our guys on the inside. 
Finally, they get so heated, the guy on the outside rips open the door, four of our guys grab this guy, they pull him into the room, every one of us is wanting to pile on by this time, they got this guy down on the ground, they start wailing on him, a knife comes out, now there's bl they, he gets stabbed, there's blood everywhere, and I mean everybody is absolutely in shock, and finally the, the, the police come, the ambulance comes, they, they, they stop the whole thing, and, and they take the guy away on a gurney, and they drive off. Okay, this takes probably about another hour that all of this is going on. It was absolutely traumatic, okay? So it was, it was kind of like winding down now, and we were all still there, and the moderator asked us to come back into the main hall and sit down in our chairs. We came in and we sat down. And I, I didn't notice it at the time, but when I think back, as we were walking back in, around the perimeter of the room were a bunch of men standing there with black hoods. And obviously my dad was probably one of them, but I didn't even think about it at the time because we were so traumatized. We sat down and then the moderator introduced the actors one at a time. The policemen, the ambulance drivers, the four or five men that were big guys that were planted deliberately in that room to create a reality that wasn't real. And finally, the last one they introduced was the guy who got stabbed, who never got stabbed. It was all fake. And I'll never forget what the illustration was all about. The moderator got up and said, gentlemen, what you have just witnessed is an example of how communism works. I share that story with you because my concern guys is that we're being played we're being deceived it's happening all around us and by the way the tools of deception that the enemy has before him today are unprecedented how many of you know that when you think about the 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 the, the ability to create a false reality through video and through media and all of the things that we have around us for us not to be aware or not to question things that are happening around us is very problematic guys we've got we cannot just observe what's happening or listen to what's happening and take that to be fact I, I have a theory today by the way especially with a lot of young people and my theory is that most people are three questions away from embarrassment if you let me ask three questions of anyone today that has a particular worldview, I will typically be able to embarrass you. Why? Because the worldviews that we have today are based on air. They're not based on substance. Nobody cares about facts anymore. It's all about feelings. And so we've got to be careful as followers of Christ that we, first of all, pray, and I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what the real truth is to us. So in the area of awareness... It is very, very important because uh, what the world does, the way the world controls is through fear. How many of you know fear is real? How many of you have been guilty of that? Even what, what's happening today? Listen to this. This is an interesting uh, little clip. Um, during his years as premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev denounced many of the policies and atrocities of Joseph Stalin. Once, as he censured Stalin in a public meeting, Khrushchev was interrupted by a shout from a heckler in the audience. You were one of Stalin's colleagues. Why didn't you stop him? Who said that, roared Khrushchev. 
An agonizing silence followed as nobody in the room dared move a muscle. Khrushchev softly replied, now you know why. Whoa. Fear. It, it hamstrings us. It keeps us from thinking the right way and doing the things that we need to do. Proverbs 2, 12 to 15. Wisdom will save you from the ways of the wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. We're called to be watchmen. We're called to be aware of what is going on. I, I posted something on my, uh, on my um, Facebook page, I believe, a while back. I don't know if you, if you guys have seen this. There's a picture of um, a jar with red and, and uh, black ants in it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. And, and, and what, they, what they're saying is that you, you can put 100 red ants and 100 black ants in this jar. And uh, they're fine. They just, they, co, they, they co-mingle together. But if you shake the jar, the red and the black ants start killing each other. So the question is, why are the red and the black ants killing each other? Wrong question. Here's the right question. Who shook the jar? Come on, guys, you got to think about this. We're being played. We're being divided among, among all kinds of, of, of social lines. And we cannot give in to that. We've got to be the steady force. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. So awareness is the first thing. What about, act, what about uh, attitude? What should our attitude be in times like this? Now, if you're anything like me, I struggle with the, with the whole attitude thing. I mean, I, I'll watch the news and uh, I'll start yelling at the television set, man. Now, it doesn't do any good. I mean, I'm Italian, so I slap it a couple of times. Nothing seems to change. I'm so, why, how can you say something so stupid? I mean, you guys have probably never done that, okay? But, I mean, I get so upset. And, and then I got to be careful because, listen, you, look, you, we're Christians. People are watching us. You're a leader whether you want to be or not, okay? And we've got to be careful. What is the message we're sending to other people when our attitude is not appropriate? You think that would be the attitude of Jesus, no, it wouldn't. We have got to adopt the attitude of the Lord if we're going to make a difference and bring a calming spirit and influence into our culture, especially with our children. We've got to have perspective. Listen, I don't care how, how devious the enemy that we think are our enemy might be. They, how many of you know they're loved by God? Every single one of them. We've got to have it. In Isaiah um, 51, 79, it says this, Hear me, you who know what is right, that should be us, you people who have forsaken my instruction uh, to heart, or, or have taken my instruction to heart, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, the world will devour them uh, uh, like wool, but my righteousness will last forever, my salvation through all generations Awake, awake, arm of the Lord. Clothe yourselves with strength. We need strength. But the Bible says, where do we get our strength? The Bible says, what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now listen, dear ones, 
you're a believer most of us here are believers the joy of the Lord is in you find it reach down grab it look at what God's done in your life be grateful for what he's done in your life look, look at P Paul in, in Philippians is a great example here's a man that in the midst of no matter what hit him right no matter what hit Paul it didn't make any difference to him he somehow was able to find joy hopefully none of us are in the condition he was in in that in that pit and in that jail but Paul in the midst of every struggle found joy have you ever wondered how in the world have, have you ever thought I, I, I kind of like to be like that you know when I, when I think of Paul I, I demonstrated this to the men yesterday and I think of the Apostle Paul he's my he's my hero by the way my life verse is Philippians 3 13 and 14 that's where Paul says he, he writes these words by the way from a prison cell he says hey I haven't arrived but one thing I do forgetting what is behind that's the message of the great exchange yesterday my past for God's future and straining toward what is ahead I press on toward the goal the mark the target that's where our ministry name came from that for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus Paul had an amazing capacity to no matter what hit him to get on with it and so when I think of Paul and I think of adversity coming at him here's what I here's why I see Paul bring it on I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I'm quite there you know but that's where I want to be and I know but I can't do that guys if I don't remember who I am and God and who God is I can't do that if I, don't, if I can't appropriate the joy that ought to be in my life as a follower of Jesus. We, we really need to be careful in this area, guys, because our attitude is what people see when they see us. And, and how many of you know uh, that people are watching us all of the time? All of the time. So uh, the last one, uh, and this is the most important one, is uh, we, have to have, uh, we have to be aware of what's going on. We have to have a, a right attitude but the last one is, what about our actions? The things that people see when they look at us and hear when they listen to us. What about that? In this area, there are uh, two actions that I want to I share with you. The last one is the most important. The first is to be in his truth and to speak his, be speaking his truth every single day. In, in 2 Thessalonians uh, 2, uh, verses 1 to 12 I won't I won't go into all of that but just let me give you a couple of highlights concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our being gathered to him we ask you brothers and sisters not to be become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us whether by a prophecy or or a or by word of mouth or by letter asserting that the day of the Lord has already come don't let anyone deceive you those are important words in any way for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs which is coming and the man of lawlessness is revealed now at the end of this flow of text it says this they all of us perish because they refused to love the truth and repeat that we perish when we refuse to be in love with the truth and so be saved for this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie <coughs> and so that all will be condemned to have not believed the truth forgive me that I have another miracle going on by the way when I when I came here the other day I had no, I almost had no voice and so I had to pray that the Lord would uh, allow my voice to make it because I'm speaking I think seven times in 
a span of about 30 hours. So, um, but 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 so far, <laughs> it's been okay. So if I if I if all of us uh, all of a sudden I stop talking, uh, I've already got pastor who said he'd just come up here and, and make stuff up. It's okay. So it'll be all right. Uh, so. Uh, all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness okay so being in the truth and speaking the truth is 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 the is one of the most important things we can do every single day but here is the most important thing that i want to close with and and if if we can just get this one thing i think there'd be so much more power coming through our our lives and our in our in our churches um i was awakened a couple of weeks ago when I was putting the finishing touches on uh, an abbreviated message like this for another group um, and the Lord woke me up and, and, I, and I, I sensed he said this to me in the middle of the night and I found myself on the floor weeping and worshiping him at 4.30 in the morning. Guys, I don't normally do this. This, is, this very rarely ever happens with me and it's one of those occasions where I know that I know that I know that it was him. And here's what he said. Voting, we all know what voting is, brings the power of one. Worship brings the power of my mighty legions of angel warriors. And I went, oh my goodness. What is our tendency as followers of Christ? Is our tendency to be over here on the spiritual side or is it tendency to be over here on the things that we can do? Now, please don't hear me say that voting is, is not important. It obviously is important. But how many of you guys know that's not where the battle is? Voting is not where the battle is, guys. If we don't have the power of God in here, it is not going to work. Vote yes, but the way we win the battle is through worship. It's what, and listen, worship is not the 20 or 30 minutes that happens before a church service that many come late to avoid. Some of you maybe need to hear that one again, okay? But that's not worship. Is it, is it, a, is it a, a form of worship? Yes, of course. You know, I tell worship teams all the time, you know, the most important thing that's happening this morning is not what I'm doing, it's what you're doing. Because if the Holy Spirit is not here in our hearts, nothing I say makes any difference. But here's the good news. If the Holy Spirit is here, nothing I say makes any difference. Because it's not about me. It's about Him. It's about the Holy Spirit. Worship is the most important thing as a body and as individuals that we can be doing. Let me just uh, give you a couple of scripture verses. Um, 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 22. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. <laughs> as a result, uh, come on guys, all through the Bible you can see evidence of as they put God in front and they worship God and uh, and by the way in the Greek that word is proskuneo uh, 
worship, it's, what that means, it's where we get the word prostrate. It literally is to empty me of myself and be down before God and recognize how big God is. I, I told the men yesterday, I'm learning more and more that my proximity to God is in direct relation to my distance from Vince. The closer I am to this guy, the further I am away from him. It's a humility. It's letting go of all of your stuff and just acknowledging who he is. God loves that. He absolutely loves that. Any response to that? Okay, now, the most, in, the most incredible verse, I think, in the entire Bible, and one of my favorite ones, is, is the one that I'm going to kind of uh, close with. And I've got one last illustration I'll give you. But in 2 Chronicles 5.13, listen to what it says. The trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. The trumpeters and singers. Who are the trumpeters? Who are they? Let, let me help you. Let me kind of think like this. The trumpeters. What, what is their role? They're there not to do worship for you. They're there to create the environment. They're there to help us elevate our, our, our hearts and our worship to the Lord as a body. Those are the trumpeters. Who are the singers? Come on, guys. Who are the singers? Raise your hand if you're a singer. You know, uh, technically, sometimes God reminds me I'm not such a good singer, you know. But, I mean, we are, we are the singers. So we're doing it together. we got to get this, okay? And so he goes on to say, they joined together to give uh, praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. That's 2 Chronicles 5.13. But I'm not done. There's one sentence left. So you can see what's just been described. The trumpeters and the singers, they're praising God and all of that. And as a result of that, the next word in that flow of text is the word then. Then means, as a result of what's just been described, here is what took place. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Whoa. What was the cloud? Come on, talk to me. What was the cloud? The very presence of God, was it not? Where did God reside in the Old Covenant? It was in a physical location. The tent, the tabernacle, the ark, the, the temple. Physical places. Jesus came. And he died on that cross. And the Bible says the temple curtain was rent. What does that mean? Did the temple leave planet Earth? Hello? No. Where is it now? Point to it. Whoa, come on guys. We've got to get this. We've got to get this. This is a, a, a huge mystery, but such an incredible promise. God still enters the temple as a result of our praising and worshiping him. The good news is we don't have to go to a building to sense God's presence. He comes right into us. Man, if that doesn't make you uh, and fill you with joy, I don't know what will. But we, what the devil says is, no, that's silly. You don't, oh no, no, you don't bow down. You don't, you don't worship God. I mean, that, that's not good. That's just emotional, uh, you know, stuff. And that's how the enemy lies to us, okay? But no, throughout my life, I'm learning more and more and more the power of worshiping God. Guys, listen, th th this stuff is so important. 
If we're, if, if we're going to be the example that we need to be in the world around us, we've got to get this. Okay? I, um, I don't normally share this, but I... Uh, just an illustration of how people are watching us. How many of you have discovered that if you're... When people know you're a Christian, they watch you? Have you had that happen? And, and, and uh, th th I'm going to close here with a, with a powerful uh, worship illustration, but I, got, I wanted to share this little quick story. I was speaking in a church in Colorado Springs years ago. Uh, I was on a teaching team. It was a huge church, like 6,000, 8,000. And, and so when you're speaking in a big place like that, people see you, but you, don't, you can't know everybody. But, you know, people know you're visible. They know who you are. So this was right after 9-11, by the way. Uh, this was back in the year, early 2000s. And, and right after 9-11, and, and the, so I spoke on Sunday, and then Monday I'm flying out of the airport in Colorado Springs. I go to the airport, and I go through the the line, you know, where they want, they used to wand you down, you know, when you go through and all that. And it was before they turned up the, uh, the thing for shoes. Uh, you know, you could keep your shoes on. But, but I, I'm walking through, and the alarm went off. And so this tall, gray-haired guy pulls me over with this wand. He says, come over here. And then, you know, then now they start wanding you down, okay? And so I'm standing there, and the guy was mean. I mean, he, I mean, he, was, he was mean, ugly-looking guy, you know? Just, just mean, and, I, and I'm, and he says, "Put your arms up." Oh, all right, you know, and and so he's he's wanting me down, you know, and and doing all that stuff. Now the old Vince, w w which was not that long before this, the old the old Vince, I probably wouldn't have said anything to the guy, you know, but but my attitude would have been pretty obvious, like, I mean, do I look like a terrorist to you? I mean, I, I, maybe I did, I don't know, but I mean, I, 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 but I, but it didn't occur to me because God had been teaching me to see people through His eyes. So I'm trying to break this guy up, you know. I'm trying to have fun with him and stuff. I'm, I'm you know, crack, trying to crack him up. Nothing. Nothing. He gets all done. So I'm sitting there, and, uh, and I, I, I'm tying my shoes, because I had to take my shoes off. I'm, I'm tying my shoes, put my shoes back on, right? And so as I'm tying my shoes, the next thing I notice is two, two feet facing me. And it was this guy. He'd gone over to the conveyor belt. He came back, and he's standing in front of me holding all my stuff. And so I, I see him, and I, and I stand up, and I'm standing up, and now I'm, I'm seeing him eyeball to eyeball. Now, I want to I show you exactly what this guy did. This is what I witnessed. Now, I'm the guy holding Vince's stuff, and Vince is now right in front of me. Oh, by the way, Vince... Great sermon yesterday. Whoa. Honestly, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm getting choked up just remembering it, but I thanked him and I turned and I walked away. And uh, I began to realize how close I came to blowing it. What was that guy doing? I'll tell you what he was doing. He wanted to know if what he experienced from that platform on Sunday works on Monday. That's what he was doing. And guys, shame on us if we're not giving that to the world. Shame on us. But the only way, you can't, Oswald Chambers says, God will not do any more through you than you first allow him to do in you. It has to start in here. And worship has to be at the core. 
I'll close with this. You're probably wondering, you know, you've probably been staring at this and saying, well, what is he going to do with that? So I, I actually, I traveled with this because I'm kind of insecure. It, you know, people on the airplane look at me funny, you know, and stuff. But I, anyway, this is, uh, this is Katie. Katie was eight weeks old when we took delivery of her. This was about 30 years ago. I'm in my basement praying <coughs> and worshiping God. And I'm crying because there's some stuff going on in our ministry, in our life back then, that was really important. I really needed to hear from God. <coughs> it's one of the most profound things. This little puppy, by the way, this particular little puppy has been all over the world. Uh, probably in every imaginable country. It never, she never seems to get dirty. It's really amazing. But um, been everywhere with me and as a rem reminder. So anyway, I, I'm standing in the back of my um, basement looking out over our golf course we lived on and I'm praising God and I'm weeping and uh, little uh, uh, Katie had been wandering around somewhere and, and, and so as I'm, I'm worshiping God all of a sudden I felt an impression on my left slipper and I looked down and this little puppy had come from wherever she was and she put her little paws up on my slipper like that and rested her little head up on her paws and so when, 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 when I looked down, that's what I felt, and, and, and this is what I saw. And of course, if this is all women, they go... Actually, the men did that better yesterday. <laughs> you know, di didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, 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 the, so the, I heard the Lord... I don't hear the Lord speak to me a lot, guys, but when I do hear him, and I know, I know it's him, here's what he whispered to me. He simply said... How does that feel? Oh, wow. I said, Lord. And then this stuff started coming out of me. Lord, I, this feels so incredible. Here's this little puppy. She as far as the east is from the west from me. She doesn't care. She just wants to be close to me. It's unconditional love. She just wants to crawl up on my lap. She just wants to be, uh, you know, wants me to, to, to cuddle her and to pet her. And I'm going on and on and on. And then finally he interrupts me. And he says, Vince, listen to me. I want you to know that that doesn't even come close to how I feel when you do that with me. And I just lost it. Guys, listen, listen. I, I don't know how this works. The closest I can come is this silly little illustration, but there isn't anybody in the sound of my voice right now that you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what that means. You know what it's like when that little baby just wants to hug you and be near you, or that little pet, or that little kitten, or, you know, well, oh, cats, cats are out. No, that little dog, whatever. But, 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 you, but, but, but you know, you, you know what, what that's like. And God is saying, that's what I want from you. I want you to get this. Worship me every single day. I've been, from about 15 years ago, the Lord convicted me that I'm not taking my responsibility seriously enough, and ever since then, guys, I've doubled down on the amount of time I spend with him every day. We, you can't outgive God with your time or your money. You've got to get real. We have got to get real. God is looking uh, to bring a kingdom revolution in our nation and in the world. And he chooses to use you and I to do that. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? I want to, as I close, I just want to challenge you this morning. I, I know there, we prayed earlier in the prayer room that no one would leave this place today without taking with them 
those one or two special little, little nuggets that God intended just for you. And, and, and I would encourage you, e either now or when you leave this morning, Lord, out of what I experienced this morning, what is the takeaway for me? What is it that you want me to do to better line up and become the man or the woman or the young person that you want me to be? And what I would encourage you to do this morning is in your own heart, make a commitment. Lord, uh, this is the area that I know I need to improve upon, and I'm going to commit to you today that I'm going to do that. Will you do that? Wave your hand at me right now if you'd say, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Go ahead. All over the room. Thank you. But if you're here this morning and you're hearing this message, maybe you're visiting. Maybe someone invited you and uh, you came and, you know, you're, uh, you know, kicking the tires maybe of Christianity. You're not, you're not sure you're really a, uh, a Christian. You think, you know, well, you're, I'm a churchgoer. I've been going to church for a while, but uh, I'm not sure what it means to be a true follower of a Christ. What is the born-again thing? What is all that? Th Listen, let me tell you something, guys. The greatest gift ever in the universe is made available to you and me. No matter who I am, where I come from, what I've done, God is ready and waiting for us. He is crazy about you. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. He loves you. And the greatest gift in the universe is made available to you by simply from a little child's heart saying, you know what, Lord? I surrender. I I'm done trying to do it myself. I, I need you. I'm acknowledging that. Something about this, what I'm hearing this morning, something about what I'm sensing today, something is pounding in my chest right now saying, I need, I need to surrender. I need to ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. If I've just described you, and that's you this morning, don't, don't let this opportunity go by. Here's what I want you to do. I'm, I'm not going to um, uh, ask you to stand up or come forward or anything like that. In fact, uh, if the lights could come up in the auditorium just for a second, that'd be great. But uh, all I want you to do, keep your head bowed. Everybody bow your heads. If, if you're saying, Vince, I'm one of those people, and I'd like today to be the day that I put that stake in the ground and ask Jesus in my heart, all I want you to do right now is look up at me and let our eyes meet. Don't look up at me unless you're saying, Vince, I'm one of those people that I want to ask Jesus into my heart right now. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Over in this section. Anybody else? If I'm missing you as I go by, wave at me so I don't miss you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I see you too. Over there, yes, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. Lord, um, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for... Um, um, what you're doing in our hearts today, we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And all God's kids said, amen. All right, guys, I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor here, and uh, I've gone a minute late, so they're going to scold me. <laughs> okay, God bless you. Thank you so much, Vince. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, if you guys want afterwards, please stop by his booth, say hi to him, and support his ministry. He's got all kinds of really good uh, information out there uh, that you can purchase from him, and also if you just want to give him a love offering as well. So thank you very much. Let's hear it one more time for Vince. Thank you. All right, now let us check out what is coming up here at New Promise Church. Kendra D'Andrade. And I'm Brianna D'Andrade. Um, we have been at 
MPC for about 13 years now, basically our whole lives. Yeah, pretty much. I always serve here on the worship team in Fusion. Fusion is our teen, teen youth group room for grades 6 through 12. Sometimes a few of us from Fusion go into the children's ministries and worship with them, and we'll just sing and dance with them. And over summer, we served by going on a mission trip to Boston, Massachusetts, and that was a lot of fun. And we're going on another one this year to Knoxville. Knoxville. This, this is us, and we are NPC. <laughs> Ladies, tickets are on sale now for the Her Christmas Banquet with Joanne Hone on Saturday night, December 11th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock at the Welcome Desk in the Lobby or online at newpromisechurch.com forward slash her events. Tickets are just $15, and that includes some fabulous food, fun fellowship, conversation, and inspirational anointed preaching, teaching, and encouragement from Joanne Hone from the Source Church in Bradenton, Florida. Joanne is a world-renowned anointed inspirational preacher and teacher. So invite your friends to this inspiring Christmas celebration. Tickets are on sale now. Don't delay. Get your tickets today either at the Welcome Desk in the Lobby or online at newpromisechurch.com forward slash her events. And everyone, don't forget to return your filled Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child shoeboxes by next Sunday, November 14th, where they'll be prayed over and sent out. If everyone will take and fill and return just one more box from what's left in the lobby, we'll reach our goal of 150 boxes this year. Thank you for your generous and faithful giving to this worthwhile ministry and for helping us reach our goal of 150 boxes. You can drop off your filled Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child shoebox anytime on or before next Sunday, November 14th. On November 19th, Sweeter Hodgins will be having a paint night here at New Promise Church in the cafe starting at 6.30 p.m. So join the fun for some painting and fellowship. Sunday, November 21st is a huge day here in the history of New Promise Church. It's the day we will be celebrating and thanking God for paying off the mortgage in just 12 years. We'll honor three of our original elders who've given leadership here during this time. Pastor Rory and I will start a two-part series called Having an Attitude of Gratitude. We will also have pie in between the morning service and after the second service. So everyone, please bring your favorite pie to share, such as apple, pumpkin, cherry, lemon meringue, pecan, or banana cream. Yum. Following the second service, Fusion students will be hosting a soup and chili fundraiser for next summer's missions trip while watching the Cleveland Browns beat the Detroit Lions on the big screen in the chapel. Please let Brittany or myself know if you'll be bringing your delicious soups and or chili. Fusion students will be expected to help staff the kitchen for this great event. Thank you for helping us celebrate the great things God is doing here at New Promise Church. Save the date for Saturday, December 4th, as we will be welcoming the Lake Effect Concert Band here at New Promise Church at 3 p.m. I am looking forward to the Santa Meets Jesus event on Sunday, December 5th. Santa will tell the story of Jesus' birth to the children, and you can get a free picture with Santa. There will also be crafts and other fun activities. We need 25 volunteers to help with this event to make it a great success. Can you give a few hours of your time on Sunday, December 5th? This event was not held last year due to COVID, so we are so excited to bring it back. 
You can sign up online or in the welcome desk. Thank you for making a difference and helping to bring the true meaning of Christmas to children. Next Sunday, Pastor Rory wraps up our series in Ephesians with, We battle not against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. You won't want to miss this final inspiring installment that wraps up the book of Ephesians. Thank you for being here today at New Promise Church. Have a great and blessed week. Awesome. That's a lot of announcements. If you forgot any of them, that's okay. Almost everything's out at the Welcome Center or in the bulletins if you need a reminder on times. Uh, or if you want to sign up for one of the events, uh, either go online, newpromise.com, or check out our Welcome Center desk out there. Thank you all for being here this morning. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word that Vince brought this morning. And Lord, I pray that we can, we can be that little puppy that just sits at your feet and worships you. Lord, I pray that you humble us in our own lives. Lord, set our pride aside. And Lord, let us focus on you this morning and this week. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here this week. Have a wonderful, blessed week.